Hello, welcome to Unleashing the Champion Within. I'm your host, Cindy Stewart, and each week we'll bring you an inspiring message and give you tools to help you release the champion within. To find out more about Unleashing the Champion Within, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. Our music today is by Alexander and the Grapes. Check out their latest release, Hyperself, on iTunes. Today we have a special guest in the house, Katie Charos, who's going to talk to us about how her dreams have become a reality and what she's dreaming about next. She is a successful entrepreneur who has grown her business and is planning for an expansion. And by the way, Katie is my daughter, so I get to brag a little bit too. So welcome, Katie. Hi, thank you for having me. Isn't this fun? It is. We have our Starbucks. We're yeah. just we're just really ready to we go. We don't do it any other way. That's right. So Katie, tell us about your business and how you got started. So I am a freelance hairdresser. Um, I got started uh, when I was 15, um, answering phones and sweeping up hair at a little uh, hair salon. Um, and just fell in love with doing hair from there and um, went to hair school right after graduating from high school and then went on to uh, apprentice under the same salon that I started at. And uh, that's kind of how I got into the industry. Oh, that's so awesome. And as a mother, I can tell the other side of it. You know, my friend called me and she said, uh, I need someone to help me in my salon just to do a little sweeping, serve some coffee. And I was like, oh, my daughter will be glad to do it. And I said, hey, Katie, I got your job. And she's like, you've ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, what 15-year-old wants to go to work when you can go to the mall all day? <laughs> that's right. It was summer anyhow, right? Yep. Yeah, but her, her boss is just an incredible uh, hairdresser and uh, color specialist. So Katie learned a lot from her, didn't you? Oh, definitely. So what prompted you to move from that first job? So I was living about 45 minutes away from where I was working. Um, my husband and I had gotten married and, and moved more into the city. And so I was making the drive 45 minutes back and forth, and it was just really wearing on me. The time that I was spending in the car was exhausting. I was full of anxiety, and um, I just really decided that I needed to take a step back and simplify my life a little bit more and uh, kind of be working closer to home uh, so that I could really have a full life um, in the city I lived in instead of feeling like I was caught between two places. Yeah, that's really good, too. It's it's hard when you've made a commitment and there's that emotional attachment. Oh, yeah. You've been and it was a great so job and an amazing boss. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything more out of a job there. And then making that decision to leave had to be a hard one. Oh, it was terrifying. I, I actually, starting out, stayed half the time at the other job and half at my new job just because I was too afraid to make the jump and miss the people that I was working around for the past 11 years. Um, so slowly I made the transition, but it was definitely a difficult decision. And then in making that transition, of course, you went to work for someone else just near your house, right? Yes. And so what made you look at that and say, this is not really what I want to do long term? Well, I was working for someone else and, and, Typically in a salon environment, um, if you are a commission-based stylist, you have to be there from, say, 10 to 7, and just as an example. And if you don't have any clients booked that day, you still have to be there. Mm. You still have to sit there and wait. And I was spending days on end just sitting, and um, the, the owner actually sold the business, and we had some new owners, and it wasn't 
didn't quite feel right. Um, and I knew I could be more successful and be bringing more people in. But there's some there's just something that wasn't right there for me. It wasn't my uh, brand. It wasn't my style. It wasn't really a comfortable place. Um, so it was a combination of things. But I really just got tired of sitting for yeah. hours and hours a day. I can definitely see that. And, you know, the brand and style is a huge issue. Because when you're trying to bring your current customers into a place that doesn't fit where they came from, it's got to be hard for them to feel like this is a good place for me to be. Definitely. I started um, in a little boutique salon that was really cute and kind of shabby chic. And then I moved into like a really big, open, airy, industrial salon, which was cool in its own right. But it just wasn't really the same. It wasn't warm. It wasn't come sit down on the couch and have a cup of coffee and let's chat about your hair and your life and everything else. It was very um, kind of cold and service service oriented, not very relational. Um, so it just wasn't really the same vibe. So what did it take you to take that step out? Um, I think, I mean, it was definitely scary, um, but just kind of starting to do some research and, um, actually the owner of the salon that I started with, I talked with her some and she just was like, you need to get out of there. That's not a good fit for you. Start thinking of other ideas and kind of put a little seed in my head of going, um, uh, going solo and and kind of doing my own thing. So I just started researching how much it would cost, um, kind of trying to put together whatever business plan I could of how much I had to make and how much uh, I would be spending and how it would all shake out. And then I ended up getting some people to share the space with me because just starting out, it just was too expensive to do it by myself. So there was three of us in one little area just so we could kind of try to get it going. And it turned out really great, didn't it? It did. the The first year was um, was a little difficult just because there's three of us trying to rotate chairs, and um, we had to be uh, on very tight schedules because there was three people sharing one space. But um, I was amazed after leaving the salon that I was sitting out for six or eight hours, and you know maybe had one or two clients a day. I left that to be fully booked. You know. A month later, and I broke an even wow. on my um, my starting uh, cost. I broke an even on that within six weeks. So I thought that was, you know, pretty exceptional. That just being in the right space um, can really bring in a whole different uh, group of people. Oh man, I can't believe it! So breaking even within six weeks. So so tell us, you know, as people that are listening, they're entrepreneurs, they're people hungry to see their dream come alive. Uh, they're looking for tips and and really trying to figure out how do I do this. So what are some of the things that you learned pretty quickly as a business owner? Um, I think the first thing I learned as a business owner is responsibility. Like when you're sick no uh no one's going to call your clients and tell them that you're sick and they need to reschedule you have to you know drag yourself out of bed and call every single person and try to reschedule them and um you know if you mess up on something or if you've made a mistake or if there's some miscommunication that's yours to own you can't you know brush it off onto somebody else to try to make up an excuse anymore you can't uh you know kind of hide behind something else if you're the owner it's you 
you, yeah, you have to take you. you have to take that responsibility um and so that that was a big thing um another big thing i learned was if you're not good at something and you can have pay to have somebody else do it for you because there was a long time that i was trying to do my finances and trying to figure out financial stuff and that's just not how my brain works i've never been good at math um so but by hiring someone just in the past 6 months I've hired someone to do all my finances. It has taken a huge load off of me so that now that time that I was spending stressed out and trying to add numbers and, you know, do division and things that I just am not good at. Um, now I can use that time and be behind the chair and working harder um, and doing the things I am good at. Yeah. And I think that's important for us to realize is sometimes as small business owners, we think we have to do it all. And whether we're good at it or not, we feel like we really can't afford to hire someone. But sometimes you can't afford not to hire someone because you're spending so much time that really your hourly rate is so much higher than the hourly rate you pay to get that done for you. Oh, exactly. So it's worth it. And you can make more money because they're making sure that you are profitable and that you are watching those bottom line figures. and. That's and really even giving good. you ideas that you've never thought about or breaking down things that, you know, you just weren't sure about. Um, it definitely pays to hire someone to, to do. I mean, even if it's graphic design or something that you know you can't do by trying to do it yourself and fake it, it's not doesn't always work. Yeah, absolutely. And what was one of the biggest surprises you found out from your new accounting person? Huh. Biggest surprises, um, probably how much I was spending. Um, I didn't realize instead of really making a list every time I needed a new supply or needed something, I would just go to the store and buy willy nilly. I had no plan. I didn't know how, how much I was spending. I didn't know how much I was making. Honestly, I just had no idea. I just hoped at the end of the day that there would be enough money in the bank account that I could pay all my bills, and there was. So I, you know, I didn't have to worry that much. But um, once he broke it all down, it was like, oh, I'm making this money. That's really good. Oh, wait, but it's all going to things that I don't really need. Or, you know, it's That's going good. going to, to things that I'm just going through so fast. It kind of made me step back and say, you know, I could be bringing home more money or I can be saving more money if I just adjusted a few little things here or there. And you've seen your profitability go way up. Oh, yeah. Way, way, way up. Yeah. Um, from right now... It, um, the first um, few months of the year, I'm 150% more profitable than I was at this time last year. That is incredible. I mean, that alone is incredible. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've changed a few other things. I, I now um, have raised my prices and, um, you know, a few little tweaks. But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing having someone tell you exactly what you're doing financially Um can be really eye-opening yeah and you know what's interesting is uh the raising the price I just want to hit on that for a minute because sometimes we undervalue ourselves and we undervalue our we put low prices in a market that bears a higher price so you saw that that made a big difference really evaluating uh not only the market around you but your expertise in increasing your prices. Definitely. And I I wouldn't even necessarily say that the first thing you should do is look around you and see how much everyone else is charging. 
Um, if you're not good with numbers, like I'm not, or if you're good, do it yourself. But you can go through and figure out how much is everything that you're charging for? How much does that cost? And then after that, how much time does that that take? And then how much money do you need to bring in and be making um, not only to pay yourself or to pay employees, um, but to pay your bills? And with all of that information combined, figure out how much money you need to be making hourly or by the day or by the week, and then figure out your prices from there. Right. Um, you know, by just saying, oh, you know, a haircut is going to be $40, there, there's no um, background reason. information for, you know, why it needs to be $40. Um, and so by looking at the, that That's information good. backwards, you know, maybe your prices might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less. And at that point, you can start looking around and see what other people are charging to see if you're consistent with the market around you. But if your prices need to be more because that's how much you need to make or that's how much your rent costs or that's how many bills you have to pay, it needs to be that much. You can't undervalue yourself or else you're just not going to make the money that you need to be making and it's going to end up failing in the end. Yeah, that's really, that's good advice because I think sometimes we're afraid to raise our prices. And like you were saying, when you back into it, you break it down, you realize, because I know you said there was like one service that you were actually losing money on. Because yeah, it was it like was, I was paying the clients to have yeah, the service to do done. that service. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. And you wouldn't have even realized it because you thought, well, that's a Yeah, that's, that's a, a typical amount. Yeah. yeah. That is really interesting. So hear that, guys. Make sure you, you understand why you're charging what you charge and what you need in order to not, not just survive, but thrive if you're going to be a business owner. So the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is your customer satisfaction, because I know, you know, hair, makeup, that whole thing, that's a big deal. And even for men that come in and get their hair done, I know you do some men's hair, uh, some high profile. Uh, so how do you keep that customer service uh, satisfaction way up there? Um, you know, I think every business is a little bit different, but in mine, it's about building a personal relationship with the client. I mean, I'm sitting with my client for, you know, the smallest service I have is 45 minutes. So 45 minutes plus, um, sometimes, you know, three or four hours I'm with one person. So talking to them, getting to know them, um, remembering their kids' names, remembering like what vacation they were going to go on. And next time you see them, ask about that vacation. Or ask about, oh, I you remember I remember this, you know, your kid was getting married or somebody was, you know, your grandkid was just starting to walk or something. By bringing that up and be being, you know, personal with them and sharing some of your life with them as well um, and treating them like how you would want to be treated. Um, you know, I if I was going to a service provider, I'd want them to remember me, who I was and, you know, what's going on in my life. And, you know, you feel special when someone remembers those things and um, when they take the time to, you know, acknowledge you and to uh, make you feel comfortable. I mean, even offering coffee, tea, um, just making them feel good and not not being fake with them, trying to really be, you know, your authentic person because yeah. that's who they want to see. They don't want you to be some fake person. They want to know who you are. Yeah, that's really good. And you know, it's interesting because uh, for some people, it's a more of natural, it's easy to make conversation. And for some people, they just have to make that determination that uh, I'm going to, I just did a podcast on being present with people and not thinking about the 10 things we have to do next, but really investing 
in that 45 minutes or that three hours that I have with that person. Yeah. And some days it's harder than others. Some days you wake up and I'm like, you know what? I wish I just had a job at a coffee shop (laughs) where I didn't have to see one person. I put my headphones in. I didn't have to talk to some, you know, but um, on those days you just have to kind of prep yourself up and say, okay, I have to do this. This is my job. These people are paying me for this. They're paying to talk to me about, you know, the drama in their life. They're paying to be reassured or whatever. So um, just by even before you start the day, think, what are some things that are going on? You know, flip through the news or um, flip through the movies that are coming out or something and try to think, okay, what what's going on that I can say, oh, did you see that video on Facebook that's been going around? Something to start that connection. And, you know, sometimes if they're not super receptive or they're being quiet, they may want some quiet time. They may not, oh, that's good. not necessarily want to be talked at for a few hours. But um, most people like to have at least a little, you know, personal connection um, and, you know, just to feel like you're making the effort and that they matter to you. Yeah, that's really good. And sometimes it's hard to remember because you do have busy days. And, and some days, like you said, you don't feel really feel like it. But uh, it's just, yep, I'm going to do That's your job. This, you got to do it. I'm going to yep. do this. And they're not going to go away saying, boy, she was a crump today. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sure someone has before. I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that I uh, haven't been pleasant every day I've worked, but um, oh, I on. try. <laughs> I try. Sometimes you just have to suck it up and, you know, put a smile on your face. So what are some of the core values? Um. Let's see. Probably um, a big core value is uh, relationship um, Mm -hmm. and being honest with people. You know, if someone comes in and says they want something and I can't do it, you know, being honest um, and saying, you know, either that won't work for you or that's not something that's in my skill set. You know, boundaries is another big, big thing I've learned uh, instead of bending over backwards, which sometimes, especially when you first start a business, you do have to kind of bend over backwards for people and do things you don't want to do. Um, But as you get more successful, putting up some boundaries so that you're not so overwhelmed um, and so overtaken um, with work and with stuff going on and people texting you and asking for email things and, you know, stuff all the time, setting up some boundaries, you know, keeping that relationship open. But Sometimes you need to take a step back and, you know, have a little distance as well. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because I'm sure that, you know, once they get your phone number and all that, it's a... a oh, yeah. A continual... Late night texting of hair pictures <laughs> and of, oh, look at this outfit. I thought you looked cute. And, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. So since you've been on your own, what would you say your client retention is? So I just checked and it was um, 98% returning clients. That's Um, great. Yeah, so I think that's pretty good. I think that's a pretty high percentage. I mean, I don't know what the industry average is, but I think that's a pretty high percentage. Uh, That's really good. And do you find yourself, uh, because of all that you do, is it hard to add new clients in without overtaxing yourself? It is. I always ask my um, regular clients to pre-book their appointments so they are on the book because I would rather have them be able to get in than have a new person and then me, because I will stay late or do other things for existing clients that I wouldn't necessarily do for a new client um, just to keep that relationship open. That's good. Um, So I try to tell them to pre-book their appointments um, so that I can get them in. And then at that point, I have an online booking system that some people will book through. But 
usually if you go on, I'm booked at least three weeks out. And so if a new client's going on there, they're not really going to find something um, unless they call me or, or they're booking far enough out. Yeah, that's good. I know I'll have to book mine before we leave today. I'm, I'll stay know, late for you too. <laughs> as as the mother, you know, I text her the same day and say, you know, by any chance having cancel- cancellation? She's like, no. The I answer's do always no. <laughs> next Thursday at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but she always works me out. That's right. So tell me about this other adventure, the Boho Bride and how you got into this. So that is my little side gig. My side hustle. Um, it's still hair, obviously, but it is a an on-site bridal hair and makeup business. Um, I've done bridal hair since I started doing hair. I love doing updos. I love braiding. I love being on site just for a wedding day. The excitement of you know everyone's happy and excited and having mimosas and you know <laughs> just hanging out, all families together. And I love that environment. Um, so I decided to kind of. Um, market directly to new brides by um, starting a new Instagram page, a new Facebook page, and a new website, um, just targeting those people. Um, And the bohemian type of look is really in right now, especially with brides. So um, by calling it Boho Bridal, I was hoping to attract that um, specific kind of girl um, because that's the kind of hair I do. So, um, yeah, I just kind of, I started that about a year ago and, um, I think for so far for 2017, excuse me, I have 10 weddings booked, which is pretty good, um, for, you know, the year isn't even halfway over. So no, it's just March. So, uh, so that seems to have picked up pretty good, right? It definitely has. It definitely has. I've, I'm getting inquiries at least twice a week and, um, people wanting the same days and. I mean, it's really um, gotten pretty busy. So let me ask you something. Uh, how much of that is local versus destination weddings? Uh, the majority of it is local. Okay. There are, I do destination weddings as well. I have a destination wedding um, company that refers to me, so that helps um, book some of the destinations. Um, but usually those are more of the summer. If you live in Florida, you don't get married over the summer. Um, you just know that because it's too hot. So most of those destination weddings are what fills my slow summer, which is really nice um, because that's the time in Florida that it really slows down um, with wedding season since it's so warm. Um, but the majority are here. And in marketing Boho Bridal, all the hashtags I've used um, have our area, have St. Pete, Tampa, Clearwater, okay. have our areas in it, and have the hotels that are around, have the wedding venues. I hashtag all the wedding venues um, and make sure to – um, mark the location where we were, where the wedding is, or even like the hotel that we got ready at. So that when people go through and look like, oh, I want to see what, you know, wedding at the Don Cesar looks at. They look at hashtag Don Cesar wedding, um, which is a hotel down, down, come by us. Um, when they look at that hashtag, they'll see my images come up. Even if maybe the wedding wasn't at the Don Cesar, we were down the street from the Don Cesar or, you know, I'm within, you know, a 20 minute drive there. So, um, I want the people who are looking at those hashtags to to want to come to me. Oh, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? And have to have that so, so many weddings already booked uh, this early in the year. I bet you are busy. Yep, thankfully it's it's taken <laughs> up a lot of my weekends. So okay, so now you have two businesses. You're married. So how do you find time for everything? Your husband for working out, for eating right. I know you go to the gym. I, you know. So how do you find time for all of that? 
Um, for a long time, I made excuses that there <laughs> is no time that I didn't have time to eat. I mean, even at work, I'd you know work a ten hour day and I would just live off of drinking coffee all day, which is not healthy. So I've uh, decided to stop making excuses and start making time. Uh, so I've you know I bring my lunch to work, prepare it the night before, and bring my lunch. I um, make sure I I work my schedule so that my husband can and I can have time together, whether it's in the morning or in the evening. Um, and really plan things into my schedule and no longer make excuses that I'm too tired to do this or, you know, I, I'm too busy to eat. No, there's always time if you make time, but there won't be unless you make it. Yeah. So you schedule it just like you would an, an appointment. Pretty much. I mean, as far as the gym goes, I try to go every day because I know that there's days that I won't want to go. So if I say <laughs> no. I'm going every day, then, you know, I, I say, okay, let's see, on Tuesdays I can go in the morning. On Wednesday I can go in the afternoon. So I have a time every day that I can go. So for those days that I can't get there, it's okay because I have it, you know, I've already done enough this week or I have it scheduled into the next day because, I don't know, I'm, I have to uh, have it in my schedule or else I will not do it. Yeah, I can understand that. So tell me, I know that you're going to uh, have an expansion. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what that looks like and how that fits into your dreams, your long-term plans. So my goal is to open a new space. Um, right now, I just rent a small um, space under 200 square foot. That's just one chair and it's just me. Um, so I would like to, and I'm working on renting out a bigger space that I can have other hairdressers in there, um, maybe even nail techs as well. Um, working with me, I can rent out some space to them. So that would alleviate some of my burden of rent. Um, and maybe I can even make a few dollars off of their rent as well. Um, so then I could be a little bit more flexible with my working hours. I'm definitely playing with a lot of balance right now, trying to figure out how much work is okay for me and trying to, you know, still work enough to make money, but take enough time off that I feel balanced and good. Um, so if I can get some more people in with me um, to take down my costs and I could step back a little bit and really hopefully look more towards doing weddings more mm -hmm. full time, maybe work in the salon one or two days a week and then um, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, commit to being at weddings, you know, if I'm booked those days. Uh, so that's kind of at where I'm shifting to because weddings are really the, the thing that I'm passionate about. I love doing. If I know I have a wedding on the weekend, I wake up happy to be there and, you know, excited. Um, so by shifting it that way and um, still having a salon to work out, out of so I can be creative and still have my space, um, but having, you know, shared expenses, that would that would help me some. Yeah, that makes a big difference, too. And I know you had mentioned that you're going to have an area to have a bridal party and be able to do the consultations and all that type of thing, which will be much different than you've had before. Definitely. So right now in my 200 square foot space, I mean, it's less than that. Um, it's really hard to fit in a whole bridal party. So yeah. <laughs> most of the time when you do a bridal party, you go on site. So you do the hotel room, you do somebody's house, something like that. But when you are, um, when they're don't necessarily have somewhere to get ready and they want to come to you, um, they can't all fit in my space right now. And yeah. so we'll have them in the lobby or rent out another room for them or something. So I need a bigger space to be able to host them all, um, you know, be able to have them all drinking their coffee or mimosas or whatever they want in my space and, you know, party and hang out while everyone's getting ready, bring in makeup artists um, to be able to 
uh, have the space for all of that, um, that's really important to me because that is kind of where I'm shifting and where I'm trying to focus more on. Um, so just being able to have the space so they're comfortable and, and they yeah. want to be there and to be able to have consultations there and have a you know a nice professional space um, that's also branded and uh, my brand so it's all cohesive. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, so let me just ask you, because we're starting to kind of wrap this up a little. Let me ask you, so did you think you would be where you are now at this time in your life? You know, I'm not sure. My dad always told me that the only way to make money is to own, a, own your own business. And the only way to live is to own your own business. And of course, both my parents' parents have owned their own businesses um, for a very long time. And so uh, I always said I didn't want to do it. It was too much work <laughs> that I, you know, oh, no, I just want to I just want to go in somewhere, do my work and leave mm-hmm. and, you know, punch a clock. I don't want the responsibility. I want to be able to have, you know, more flexibility. But when it comes down to it, the flexibility that you have working for someone else isn't the same that you would have for yourself. I mean, maybe at first or maybe some you work more than you thought you would working for yourself. But then you can also start taking vacations or start, you know what, I want to give myself a little extra day off here or half a day there. Or when you have kids and someone's sick, you don't have to bring in doctor's notes. You don't have to do any of that stuff. It's you. So um, I think that started shifting my mind a little bit, being able to have more control over my schedule and my life. Um, But I never really wanted to own my own business. That wasn't really my idea. Um, but I'm so glad that this yeah. is where, where I've gone to. Yeah. I, I can see that difference too. Cause it was funny. You used to say, your dad would say, okay, uh, why don't you do this? Why don't we get a salon here? And you'd be like, I'm never doing that. Nope. And then probably, well, I think the commute probably made the biggest difference. Oh yeah. You had to drive 45 minutes each back way and, and, yeah. and you'd work late nights and then you would have to drive all the way back home late yeah, at night. Yeah. And then be back really early the next morning. Yeah. And, I yeah. think that was probably the, the thing that really made the mind shift, but, uh, it really does make a difference when you work hard to build it, but then you're able to release and get people to help you like you're talking about and and be able to have a life yeah instead of every time you want to do something having to beg or shift or juggle shifts or something like that to try to actually just go to the beach for the afternoon or even be sick you know it's just this constant uh tension of trying to figure it out with someone else being the business owner so i i definitely see the 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 real benefit in doing all of that i mean we love having our own businesses but you know, there are the ups and downs, but there's, to us, there's more ups than there are downs for sure. Yeah. Yep. So if you're going to give, we're going to end this with your five tips uh, for the listeners. You know, what are your five tips of just, you know, dreaming, launching, taking those steps, just whatever comes to you? Let's see. So the first tip would probably be to um, do your homework and to figure out uh, how much it would cost to start your business, how much keeping it going costs. Um, if, if you're not good at this, like I said, have someone help you. Even if it's not hiring someone, ask a friend who's good at math or who's owned a business before. Um, ask them to help you figure it out and, and calculate how much you'd be spending and how much you need to make and see if that's okay with your lifestyle. Um, the second one is... Don't start a business unless you're ready to really work. Um, if you if you're tip. starting your business so you can chill and so you can you know relax and it's not that it's 
a lot of work and it's um yeah responding to clients and it's um you know not always fun work that you have to do it's days off that aren't really days off and you may go for a long time without a real day off um and the third would be um to be ready to take a little bit of a pay cut because sometimes you know if you don't really have clients that are ready to pay you um you may not be able to fully go into that business at first you may still have to straddle two worlds or have a part-time job unless you're willing and you're in a place that you can really take a significant cut if you just don't have have the people who are willing to pay you at that point my fourth tip is to ask for help whether it be from a mentor somebody who could um, guide you who's been there before and done what you're wanting to do before uh, being able to ask them for help or um like I said, hire someone uh, who can help you with the things that you need help with. Uh, That's definitely a huge thing. If you're not good at something or confused or not sure what to do, there's no shame in asking for help because we only know what we know. And unless we ask, we won't be able to figure the rest out. So um, finding finding, finding a mentor is really uh, a great way to help uh, grow your business and Uh, see some insight that maybe you wouldn't have thought of yourself. All right. And the last tip is to be yourself, to um, really try to be um, who you are, your, your true person and to express who you are through your business. Um, I, people can really see if you're authentic or if you're faking it. So I think by um, really being real with people and if, you can't do something, say you can't do something, don't overcommit, um, don't uh, try to be someone you're not, you know, really be your authentic person. And people like that and people see that and, um, you know, everyone has their gifts that they um, are talented in and don't try to make somebody else's gifts your gifts. Um, Really focus on what you're good at and what your strengths are and run with those things. Those are great tips. And, you know, I love that last one because so many times we try to be all things to all people and just being able to step back and be comfortable and confident in who we are and what our dream is and what we want to accomplish and know that there's always plenty. There's always more. And if you need to refer them to someone else, there'll be someone that makes room for someone else that you really are excellent at. So those are great tips. Katie, I'm so glad you came and hung out with us today. How do people get in touch with you if they want to book their wedding or or get connected with your uh, hair salon? So uh, my website is Katie Charos, K-A-T-I-E, Charos, C-H-A-R-O-S.com. And you can book online through there. Uh, my bridal business is Boho Bridal Beauty, and the website's bohobridalbeauty.com, uh, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Boho Bridal Beauty. That's great. So go ahead, give her a buzz. You know she's booked three or four weeks out, so if you want to get in with the best, you better go ahead and get it booked now. Thank you guys for being with us, and just take these things and run with them, and be ready for that entrepreneur to just rise up in you so you can have control of your own destiny. Until next time, have a great one. Thank you for listening today. Did you enjoy this podcast? Before you leave, take a minute and rate it on iTunes and subscribe to Unleashing the Champion Within so you won't miss an episode. 
You can also visit our webpage, cindy-stewart.com, and get your free ebook, Relational Leadership. You can contact me on my website or on my Twitter account, at CindyStewart1, on Instagram, CindyStewartAuthor, and Facebook, CindyStewartAuthor. Until next time, remember, live your life as a champion, making every day count. Thank you.